What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Final Four. It's not on the schedule. He is Rod. I am Cameron. And Michigan State wins at the Breslin 80-64 against Penn State. Um, and Rod, this one was kind of reminiscent of the Minnesota game, except in this one, uh, they kind of put the... Uh, the foot, the metal uh, foot to the pedal there and just kind of blew them out a little bit towards the end. Um, rather than kind of letting them scrape back in, this one really wasn't in doubt, really, since maybe yeah. 10 minutes to, in the first half. Uh, what, yeah. yeah, what was your thoughts? I mean, great game. This seems like the best uh, game they've played nice. so far. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm. It, it's hard for me to evaluate that necessarily because um you know there's quality of competition but mm. you know was this better than the yukon game or you know the louisville game or, or what have you um it was good it was a really really good performance really uh, i i wouldn't say start to finish but close because that start got a little ugly with the turnovers mm-hmm. and then they reined it in um, but, but for the majority of that game, I thought Michigan state played very well. And here's something to think about. I think Penn state hit particularly in the first half, a bunch of really tough shots that they didn't have any business hitting. Yeah. Lundy had Lundy had like two or three. They had no, they were really well guarded. He had no business hitting them and he did. This could have been worse, mm-hmm. you know? easily could have been worse. So I do think that uh, Michigan State has a lot to be happy about. Um, you know, you're going into uh, you're going in now a break until the 21st. Mm. And that's going to be a tough game at Little Caesars against Oakland, an Oakland team that's been pretty impressive this year. Always a, a game you have to be careful about because of the motivation that they have. Um, but uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. I mean, we, we said this coming out of the Bahamas, that Michigan state, if they did the things that they should do was set to put themselves in really good position to kick back into big tent play with a lot of confidence in terms of what their record would be. And hopefully, you know, we felt like confidence in terms of the way that they're playing. And I think all of that has played out mm-hmm. thus far. They are playing, a very good brand of basketball, and yet we know they're not near their ceiling. This team can get better. Yeah. And it, I don't think there's any doubt about that. There there are things they can continue to improve, ways that individuals and on a team basis that they can get better. Um, so I, speaking for myself as, as an MSU person, I'm very happy with – with what I've seen thus far this season, and I feel very good about this team in a variety of ways, which we're going to get into as we talk through this. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
You know, I think maybe Marcus Bingham leads this one off. Uh, 12 points, 13 rebounds, uh, two really great assists from the top, three blocks, uh, and he hit a three. I mean, just outstanding game from him. You you can't argue with the way Marcus Bingham is playing, and that's coming off a game that, you know, it wasn't terrible against Minnesota. I just, for a variety of reasons, some of which was foul trouble, some of which was he, he hurt his knee at a certain point and had to come out of the game. He just didn't have the kind of impact that we've gotten used to him having, mm-hmm. you know, and to bounce back and, and really, really play well. Now, you know, it, it wasn't perfect. There's um, the kid for Penn State, Harrer, is is a good player. And I mentioned that. I mean, he, sh- he came into the game shooting, what, 70. 70% <laughs> yeah. plus from the floor. And he didn't hurt himself much today. He was six for nine. So congratulations. They held him to only 67% from the floor. <laughs> but, um, you know, Harrod got him a few times. But that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're playing, you're in a league like the Big Ten with as many good post players as there are. And it's going to happen against Coburn and against Dickinson and against Purdue's kids and other guys in this league. It's not like Marcus is going to completely shut the water off for everybody but I, I think he made it hard and and the way he rebounded especially I thought was really really impressive mm-hmm. um, that was some Big Ten style rebounding in there big bodies competitive playing hard and and there were some occasions on defensive rebounds where I thought Marcus actually just out toughed everybody which we haven't said about him in his career yeah. I, I think he is he is continuing to grow as a mm-hmm. player. You mentioned those two passes on, on identical plays where they have a guy set a pick, ball comes back out to Marcus kind of between the top of the key and the free throw line, and then the screener slips, peels off to the rim. It's a bang-bang kind of play, and he made it twice, once to Malik and once to Joey, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good stuff. He's yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that he's the best big man in the Big Ten. I'm not prepared to say that. But I think we're at a point now, he's done this long enough and against high enough caliber opponents that I think we have to say when you're talking about the really high-level big men in this league, that, that discussion needs to include Marcus Bainham. Mm-hmm. I think it's as simple as that. Uh, and then Tyson Walker, 10 points, a rebound, nine assists, uh, five for nine from the floor, um, three steals, only one turnover. Um, yeah, but he was 0 for 2 from 3. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now he's 9 for 14 on the season. <laughs> uh, that is the other thing. And when I mentioned a few minutes ago, there's some things that I think are boding well for this team and, and how they can get even better as they go, this is the first one at the top of my list. Uh-huh. I thought Tyson Walker was sensational today. The The poise that he's playing with, he is a textbook example of a guy who was able to play fast and yet not look unhurried at all. Uh-huh. Totally in control. I, I just thought it was a fantastic game from him. But all aspects the way he defended, um, the way that he ran the offense in the half court and in transition, 
what what started to happen now we're talking about two straight games where he is at uh he's in double digits both of these big 10 games minnesota and penn state those are his first two double digit scoring games of the season so what does that tell you well and and today he took what do you take nine, nine shots. shots from the floor okay it tells me that he has started really, really. He's not just in the process of figuring out. I think he started to definitively figure it out mm. in terms of the balance that he has to play with. I love the way he attacked the basket today in yeah. transition and then even in the half court. Yeah, he had that one great drive <laughs> that uh-huh. just just sliced him. Uh, Are you talking about the one in the second half? Yeah. Yes, yes. That was the play that got – I mean, the transition stuff was great, but that play kind of got me out of my seat, so to speak. Like, <laughs> wow. It, it, that guy can start doing that with more consistency. This thing goes up another level mm-hmm. because now defenses really have to deal with that. You know, we've seen Hogard – and Hogard did it in this game too. He's able to use his handle and his size – to get to the rim and and do some stuff at times, and that's a nice element to have, mm-hmm. but uh, you know available for the team. But um, that Tyson Walker play was a different animal, and it's and it's something that I think is more sustainable actually, because I think AJ, as I've said before, I think as you face bigger opponents, it gets harder to finish those plays. Not that mm-hmm. he won't finish some, but it's just not, you know, that Kansas game was not the blueprint for how it's going to go. Uh-huh. because he's going to face bigger, better defensive opponents than, than he did in that game. It's just going to be harder for him to do what he did. Speed plays, though, against anybody. Yeah. And and that's what you saw. And, and having – it wasn't even just the speed. It was the move. It was the, the vision and the instincts to, as you say, slice through that defense and find a way to the rim to finish really impressive game from him. I, I couldn't be happier with the way he played. And, and you know, and then A.J., look, um, three for seven from the floor, two assists, two turnovers. Not, you know, not spectacular, but mm-hmm. that's that's fine. You know, you'll, you'll take, so what did he have, eight points, I think? Uh, seven. Seven, okay. Um, that's right, no free throws. Yeah, so seven points, that's a seven points, two assists from your backup. But, you know, to go back to Tyson Walker, so he has now in the last four games, that brings him to, if my math is right, 28 assists, so seven a game, going back to Louisville. Uh So coming out of the Bahamas. And I believe eight turnovers. Oh, yeah, because he had four in the last game, but he only had three combined in the Louisville and Toledo game, and only one today. That's listen, twenty-eight to eight, almost a four-to-one ratio. <laughs> That's now we're getting any scoring, mm-hmm. and he's defending. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're not talking about just well, okay, it's better than it was last year. Now uh-huh. we're talking about. Maybe this is starting to become a strength. Maybe this is starting to become the guy we hoped he could be as as a catalyst for everything, not just a guy that, all right, we're not turning the ball over as much. We're getting a little bit of scoring. We're getting better defense, you know, which is where we were 
maybe prior and and through the Bahamas. These last four games, it's been a different animal. Uh-huh. And and if Michigan State gets this guy, look out, look yeah, out. And that's those steals were touch, you know turnovers for touchdowns. <laughs> well, they were. And and what's great about Tyson Walker, and it was the one thing you had to worry about. He yes, he was his conference's defensive player of the year. But he led that conference in steals. And sometimes that gets confused for being a good defender. Mm-hmm. And and some, sometimes it is. Sometimes you can be that and, and actually be a good defender. But sometimes it's actually an example of a guy who gambles a lot and really isn't sound consistently, you know. Um, you just didn't know. I, I What I had seen of Tyson Walker was limited you know it was it was highlight tapes and then i think i had seen one complete game his game against north carolina i didn't see terrible signs in that game but you just don't know what i think we've discovered is tyson walker is the best of all worlds he is sound he does not blow assignments he he stays within himself he stays within the game plan defensively he does what he's supposed to do and yet he has quick enough hands and good enough instincts that he can still make disruptive plays, mm-hmm. which is not normally a part of the Michigan State equation. You know, they don't emphasize that. They emphasize the first part. But he's giving them some of the second while sticking and adhering to the first part. Mm-hmm. Stay sound, you know, execute your switches, uh, fight through picks if that's what the game plan is. Um, and and don't don't blow assignments, don't make mistakes, don't get your head turned. He's doing all of those things while being disruptive. It's I could not be happier. I mean, other guys maybe other guys obviously scored more points today. I, and I know Bainham's going to get a lot of attention, and rightly so because he played a great game too. But to me, the Tyson Walker performance is the story of this game. Mm-hmm. For in terms of what it could portend for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gabe, uh, 15 points, five rebounds and assists. Um, nice game for Gabe. Yeah. He had a stretch in the second half where I thought he was, he was hunting it a little bit mm-hmm. and he missed some shots and they weren't bad shots. Don't get me wrong. He, he rarely takes a bad shot. Um, but they weren't great shots. And then he got himself got himself calmed down again hit that last three so look what can you say about Gabe the the five rebounds I like Mm. that's that's a good number for him um I thought he played decently defensively five for 12 overall is not Gabe like necessarily but four for seven from three um that is Gabe like yeah (laughs) (laughs) you you like you, you like that you know that's a that's a good solid number uh, and then Joey in 22 minutes, seven points, three rebounds, three assists, a block. Um, he looked like he was playing hard today. I like, you know, that's another guy quietly. Um, I really liked his game. Mm-hmm. You know, the numbers aren't eye popping, right? Seven points, three rebounds, three assists to one turnover. I like that. And I, I do believe that not that I'm claiming anything for this. I think it was a fairly obvious thing to say at the time. And given that the Michigan state head coach is in the basketball hall of fame, I would expect it. And we've seen it. And you remember back a few games, we talked about how probably the right move for him to get out of this funk he's been in 
is to just strip it down. Uh-huh. Do a little less ball handling. Just kind of kind of just start to function within the system, you know? Handle when you're asked to. Don't look to create stuff and make plays. Don't bring the ball up very much. Uh, just do your job, defend, rebound, take open shots when they're there, and see if that gets you back on track. And I think we're seeing that. This was a good game from him. Yeah. I, I like the stuff. He, you know, he was 0 for 2 on threes. They were good shots. They just didn't fall. But uh, I liked the way he played inside the arc. Mm-hmm. He had some actually good, hard takes at the basket and finished. And that's something we haven't seen very much of yet this year. So that's, that's really good news as well. And I also liked some of what he did defensively. Yeah. He had a possession. I recall now, now look, Lundy got, Lundy got loose a little bit in the second half and hit some threes, but especially in the first half, I liked some of what I saw from Joey. And it's also worth mentioning, especially the close to that first half, Michigan State went small ball again with Joey at the five and Malik yeah. at the four, and I thought they played. I thought they looked very good. They played very well, and and I think what you conclude from this is that is another card that it appears that they have to play. Mm-hmm. It's showing enough to say, all right, this is something we can keep working on, keep looking to develop. There are going to be games where you're going to have an opportunity to use it where the opposition just isn't very big. Yeah, but they did it when Harar went out. Exactly. Yeah. When they had Greg Lee in there, who we didn't even talk about because he hadn't played yet this year, transfer from Western Michigan, um, who did something. It was okay. But, yeah, that's when they did it. Uh, this is what I'm interested in, though. And I mentioned this on the Spartan Mag board. I think I've talked about it here. I see potentially the way that that could really play out well for MSU, not as much in that scenario where you're just trying to match another team's small lineup, although you can use it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I say that is I think Marcus Bainham can play against those kind of lineups. So I don't think it's any kind of necessity. Um, so can Marble, actually, at least athletically. Uh-huh. But where I want to maybe see if it's something that can be used is against teams with a ton of size. So a mismatch uh-huh. situation. So let's just say, for example that Michigan State is playing Illinois and Marcus happens to get a couple of early fouls. Might it be an option to go to that look to force Illinois to have to match Michigan State? Now, it only works if a couple things happen. One, if Joey can defend and rebound well enough to not just get destroyed. Mm -hmm. That's an open question. We haven't seen it this year, so we don't know. But the other element is he's also got to be hitting enough that he's forcing either forcing the defense to extend more than they can or just punishing them when they can't. Mm-hmm. You know, Kofi Coburn does not want to be chasing guys at the arc. <laughs> no. Neither is Dickinson, neither do Purdue's guys. I'm not saying they can't ever do it, but that's not their preference. So as a counter, in a, I'm not saying a steady diet of it. But as a counter, as something that you might be able to use in a given situation, it's something I've at least got in the back of my mind. And the better that group plays together, the more likely I think that we might see it as a card to play at some point. Mm -hmm. Now, again, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking 20 minutes of it. But I'm talking if you have a particular situation where fouls or whatever are putting you in a spot 
where maybe you can't match up the way you ideally would, which is have Marcus playing there hmm. against those guys. Maybe it's a counter that's available to you. We have to wait and see. But I, I liked Joey's game today. To me, that's too straight where he's not blowing the doors off anybody, but he's playing effectively. He's playing the way they need him to play. Yeah. Uh, and then Max, uh, only seven points, two rebounds, one for five from three, um, but did play some good defense. He did, and he always does. And so, you know, you're you're happy about that. I just – I thought today was the first time, and it was in that first half, that Max didn't take horrible shots, but I, I thought he took a couple that just weren't great shots. Mm-hmm. That were a little bit him. Okay, he's trying to get himself going, but they weren't. They weren't examples of great shot selection. And here's the thing: in this offense, with the way they're playing, if you're patient, you are probably going open. to get great <laughs> shots, not just good ones, not just okay ones. Mm-hmm. So I was a li- that that to me was a little bit of a sign that maybe it's starting to get to him a little bit. But hey, the bottom line is he's doing the other things well, and. You know, the shots, I, I know we keep saying it, and probably there are people starting to get skeptical about it, but the shot is going to come. Mm-hmm. It will. Yeah, I mean, but you look at, I guess you'd have to give credit to the wings in general on defense. I mean, Dredd, uh, 28 minutes, zero points, zero rebounds. Cornwall, <laughs> zero points, zero rebounds in 21 minutes. I mean, Pickett. Yeah, Sessoms, Sessoms was really the only guy. Yeah. It was Sessoms and Pickett, but even Pickett was 6 or 15. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, I mean, he scored, but it's not like he got, you know, it's not like he really got loose. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the damage that they did, and I, I think we talked about this in the preview, you know, when you look at Penn State, their, their four and five positions are pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, Lundy ended up, what did he end up? So 14, 18 and seven, 18 points, 18 and seven. That's not bad. And Harar was, um, 12, Six, what? 16 and 11. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really good production. You know, they've got, and, and with Lee coming in, not that he's a star, but he at least gives them something off the bench there. They could feel okay about their post. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's their perimeter group that is not up to snuff. You know, and and Michigan State, you're right. Defensively, pretty good job. I was, you know, I was happy with with the way that Michigan State defended in this game. I mean, when you when you look at it, what did Penn State shoot? So eh, they shot a little better than I thought. They're 43 percent better than I would have thought, and then and that you want to give up. But I think the thing to keep in in mind there is what I mentioned earlier. I thought they hit a lot of frankly ridiculous shots. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, there must I have been Michigan four fadeaways that they hit. Yes. I think Michigan State's defense was better than that suggests. Now, I do want to give them credit. Some of those guys, you know, um, Sessoms, mostly Sessoms, you can see why he's a good scorer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's a veteran. He knows how to use his body to create enough space. He gets an angle on somebody. He usually makes you pay for it. Uh, he had a couple of plays. You mentioned the fadeaways, but there were a couple that were actually, I think, good shots because he got two feet in the lane and then mm-hmm. used his body to give himself enough space so the shot was actually a good shot, kind of an eight, ten-foot jumper. And he hit some of those. 
and, and and Hare is you know exactly what we build him to be, right? He's a guy who's going to play within himself, not force anything, use his body, his strength to create space. He's he's kind of gotten a little more clever around the rim too. I thought there were some nice finishes uh-huh. today from him. Um, so those things are going to happen. Uh, but I, I still think Michigan State overall played a pretty good defensive game. Uh, Malik Hall, 9.6 rebounds and assists, uh, hit three for five from the floor, hit a three, two for two from the line, two turnovers, though. Yeah, but you know what? Um, I, I don't have much to complain about Yeah, with Malik Hall. I mean, he was in the first half, I, you know, he wasn't, do, I don't know what he, maybe he only had the three. Um, maybe not even then. I don't know if he scored in the first half, actually. But in the second half, he was a more aggressive player offensively, which was good to see. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just think, I think we're seeing the maturation of Malik Hall into a guy that, and I said this in the Minnesota game, when he's on the court and the ball's in his hands, I just feel comfortable. Yeah. I feel like I feel like good decisions are going to get made. You know, the right things are going to happen more often than not. And he's got enough skill and enough talent and enough physical tools to make things happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm happy with his game. Wasn't a huge scoring game, but if if I'm going to complain about 9 and 6, shoot me. <laughs> Uh, and then Jaden Akins, five points, four rebounds, two assists, a block, a steal. Um, he got that steal dunk. <laughs> that, yeah. Another nice yeah. game from him. He just continues to do things that I want to, the reason I'm pausing is I want to make sure I express this point coherently. I knew full well what kind of potential he had I, and not just physical i mean the physical tools are obvious everybody knows that but i had seen him progress in terms of his shooting ability his ball handling as his high school time went on mm-hmm. what has been and i knew he had the potential to be a very good defender what has been striking to me though is And this isn't to say he's a perfect player that he never makes a mistake. But with freshmen, you just kind of expect, hey, there's going to be a learning curve. There are going to be some errors you got to play through. You know, they figure it out. I I just don't feel that way with him. You know, again, not that he plays mistake-free basketball. And same thing for Max. Those guys just, they look the part. And, And that's the thing. With Max, I expected it because of the billing. And that's what people had said about him. And sure enough, he plays that way. Um, shots be damned. He, he plays that way. Uh, Jaden Akins, I wasn't sure if it would be this smooth and this quick, but it has been. Yeah. And he's he's arrived. I mean, it, not that this is the ceiling. He's going to be much, much better even than what we're seeing. But he's a guy, absolutely, you look at and say, hey, he's part of the game plan. We count on him to actually do things, not just yeah. exist. 21 minutes. That may be a yeah. high for him. Uh, and, and and why not? Yeah. Because of the, the energy he plays with, the way he rebounds, he kind of a, you know, he attacks the game where it's appropriate. I don't think he shows signs of getting out of control. No. He doesn't force much. I, just, it's good stuff. Yeah. And that's another thing. 
when you talk about where can this team get to, can Jaden Akins continue to grow and just become a little more impactful? You know, I'm not talking, obviously he's playing well right now, but you know what I mean? Maybe be a guy who's able to get a few more shots. Mm-hmm. A guy who's able to make just a few more plays for you offensively. What does that do to your ceiling? Yeah. Because uh, it's not like I, even he's he's finding a way to get points, and it's not like they're running a whole lot of sets for him. <laughs> you know, no, it's not like his numbers getting not. called. And like, okay, he's we're finding shoot spots. Him. Yeah, he's absolutely. finding his own offense. They're gonna they're gonna be times where the ball gets swung to him and he's open. The the um, today, I think the the shot that he hit was not so much a result of that. It was actually just him being ready uh-huh. and, and kind of making a play. And then obviously you mentioned earlier the steal and the dunk. That was, you know, again, just finding those spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, Sissoko got in for six minutes, uh, had four points, two for two, a block. Um, I, we've said this about him before. I think that occasionally I will see fans um, lament, and they did this with Bainham, and they're doing it with Sissoko, and it's usually one of or both of these two things. One of them is, uh, how is this guy rated so highly? And the second bit, because they're both, well, Marcus was, I think, a top 60 guy. I think Mahdi was a top 50. And and then the second part is, um, well, they were clearly a recruiting mistake. Um, the first part, you have to understand, big guys who actually have it all together are guys that are in the top 20. Anything beyond that, it's crapshoot. Yeah. Because big men, it is notoriously the case that you don't know for sure when the light's going to come on. And we've seen any, anybody who questioned this should be looking at Marcus Bainham's career arc now and seeing it. But you, you go back over time, Adrian Payne, his freshman year was a mess. His sophomore year, he was at least competent, mm-hmm. but but not a great player. And then his junior and senior year was fantastic. Uh, Goran Sutan took until his junior year, which is actually his fourth year in the program, to become consistently impactful and was great as a senior. Yeah, I mean, I, I can go back over time, and there's so it's many examples dynamic. of this. The, the, yeah, absolutely. The rarities are the guys who get it immediately. Mm-hmm. So if you think that Madi Sissoko that you see right now is the Madi Sissoko you'll see next year or the year after that, I'm going to suggest to you you're probably wrong. He especially, because he's got less experience playing the game, he got hurt more than anybody by the COVID year last year, the off season. Um, it, it is going to be a different ball game. Yeah, you know, and, and that's and that's the second part, right? Which is the development curve with big men is different. You know, if if you have a guard who comes out and just is not good at all. Even that can change sometimes. I remember Xavier Simpson was an abject disaster for Michigan as a freshman. He barely played because of it, and he ended up becoming a very good player for them. Mm. You know, uh, we we may be seeing some version of that with AJ Hogard at Michigan State, but but normally, it's easier to see perimeter guys early 
Like they, they'll usually show you that they have it, at least more flashes. Big men, you just don't know. All that said, I think the reasons that you stay optimistic about Mati Sissoko is what we saw today. Two post moves against, and, and Harrer is not a shot blocker. He's not the best defensive player in the league, but he's strong and he's a fifth-year guy. And both of those buckets came over him, and they were both really nice moves and finishes. Mm -hmm. They stayed strong, got position, went up, shot release, bang. I, I, I think there's a future for Mati Sissoko. Don't know exactly where it's going to go, to what level, but I am still absolutely in the camp that believes he will be a productive player for Michigan State, far beyond what you're seeing today, at some point. And I think maybe some of the reason that people are looking at Sissoko, like, you know, what's going on here, is, is partially due to how good Marcus Bingham is. Uh, this year, maybe. Yeah, in, the like, contract. the pick and roll, like, especially yes. in, like, the pick and roll on both offense and defense, his timing yes. has just gotten so much better that when you yep. see Sissoko out there, who has a lot of the same skill sets that Bingham yep. has, it, it, it's just the timing's off. It, it's just not Correct. quite as good as Bingham. You know, it's kind of a lot of the way I used to think about Kenny Goings is that when he's in there – you just everything's running smoothly and going well it's when he's right. out there not in there that you realize how big of an impact he is i i couldn't agree more it's a great point and i think you're right as to why but it also ought to be the evidence that tells you exactly okay wait a minute it took marcus bainham i would say two and two-thirds years because I'm going to give him credit for the way he ended last season. Mm -hmm. It took him two and two-thirds years to really start to figure it out, and obviously he's gone up considerably even since the end of last year. Mm -hmm. The end of last season, I thought he became productive because he was affecting games with his defense, he was rebounding better, and he could give you a little bit of scoring on you know transition or garbage buckets or whatever. Now we're seeing he's gone up a level from that. He's better than that offensively. He's a total game changer defensively, and he's never rebounded this well in his life. So um, it took him that long. And he had – Marcus wasn't the most experienced guy in the world either, but uh, he had more than Mati did mm -hmm. coming, coming into college. So, you know, Mati Sissoko isn't even halfway through his second year. There's yeah. lots of time. And and I'm going to say it again. We're coming up on this. I'm sure we'll return to it at the end. We're coming up on this period. Two games in, what is it, 18, 19 days? Something like that. Mm -hmm. um, this is the time. It is the time for Mati Sissoko and Pierre Brooks to kind of make their move. And and they're, they've both shown flashes. They've both had stints. Today it was Mati where you say, okay, I could see what this could be, mm -hmm. but this is the time to make that happen. This period right now. Uh, and then marble, uh, only seven minutes in this one, four points. Um, did have a nice low post move. He had the, the one bucket. Half. I liked that was good to see. Uh, he, you know, he got in foul trouble in the first half. And so he didn't play. And then at a short stint and then the second half, I think between the way Marcus was playing and the way Mati played, you know, there just weren't more minutes for him. But it was a little, 
not that he had a huge opportunity here, but it was a little bit of a bounce back from what I thought was probably his worst game of the season at Minnesota. Mm. The fact that he hit that that play in the post, that was nice. You know, kind of a uh, jump hook from, I don't know, 8 feet, 10 feet. It wasn't yeah. a layup. It wasn't a dunk. That was nice. So, And it came at a point when uh... – like similar to the Minnesota game where they were up by 19 and then got a little jump shot happy and it looked like they sort yep. of settled down a little bit, got the ball down to marble. I mean that, and then he made that play. That's a good weapon to have, you know, when you want to get it inside and not get jump, jumper happy. He can, he can agree, get things done with you. There. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I think it's, um, you're right. It settled things a little bit and it's exactly how they need it's it's the kind of play that you need from Julius, you know, and it was disappointing that we didn't see it against Minnesota that, you know, when things, as you say, are getting a little jumper happy, you want to slow it down, get a good look. That's a guy you can go to. Yeah. And, you know, and look, we're not we're not going to get this kind of play every time out yet. I don't think out of Mati, you know, so you you need. I said it coming into the season. I was pretty confident with Bainham. He's been better even than I expected. But um, I was confident they were going to get good play out of him. What I didn't know was, what about those backup minutes? And my feeling was, coming into the year, ideally, Mahdi needed to quicken the development pace because I just didn't have a lot of confidence in, in Marble as a defender or rebounder. Well, Julius has been better than I expected, too, which has bought them a little more time with Mahdi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's about it for the players. Um, I think that covers everyone. The first key was pace. (laughs) (laughs) What was 31 to three fast break? I said on the broadcast. It is. I rail on this podcast about the haphazard quote unquote accuracy of um, fast break points. Uh But in this game, that number is absolutely reflective of what we saw. Mm-hmm. Michigan State from the get-go, and we talked about it in the in the preview that, you know, Micah Shrewsbury understands full well what Michigan State is about. He coached in this league long enough as an assistant. And, yeah, they have some guys who have been around, but they've also got some new guys, and and then they're playing with so little depth. And you saw this at times. There was one play – Brian Butch, who I thought was better today than he was in Minneapolis, uh, he called out a play, I think, correctly. There was a segment, one Walker getting a transition layup, where he just was kind of going, not at full tilt, but then saw something and kicked into high gear and just went right past everybody to the, uh, to the bucket for a, an uncontested layup. Mm-hmm. The problem there was Harrer was exhausted. And I thought Harrow really, at, you know, he was still at a good game, but man, it takes its toll on him playing in a game like this. Yeah. Because Michigan State just ran him. He had to keep up with those guys rim running, and it took its toll. And that was a play where it took its toll because he was just kind of jo- half jogging and was at the top of the key. Tyson just went past him. The big man's got to get back. You know, that's the first priority in transition defense. Your your guy who's going to be in the middle at the rim has got to get back, and, and he just couldn't get back. Michigan State, I thought their transition game was efficient, consistent, and aggressive, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah. And I thought we talked about it, you know, the Minnesota game, they, 
they didn't have the the point totals reflected in it necessarily, but I thought it was pretty good against that team too. That team just did a much better job, for whatever reason, of getting back mm-hmm. and not giving Michigan State that many wide open layups and dunks as they had today. Yeah. Uh, and then threes, uh, Michigan State was forty three percent, nine for twenty one. Which Rod that brings their season total now up to thirty eight point five percent, which is thirty fourth in the country. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I I'm going to I will say this. Um, I thought that uh, they didn't shoot as many as I thought they might need to in this game. So what was the the total was twenty one attempts. Yep. Well, that's not yeah, that's not that's not horrible. Um, but yeah, and, and again, we say this, Max Christie and Joey Hauser are not dialed in yet. Mm -hmm. Now they, you can say, okay, they got some breaks. Hogarth hit one. You don't necessarily expect that, but I, I look at it and I always try to look at it this way. I know this is hard sometimes for fans to do. The results are great. And of course, that's ultimately what counts in the end. At the end of a season, you are what your statistics tell you you are. Mm -hmm. But that's not how I believe you have to evaluate it as you're going. What you're primarily interested in is, at least if you believe that you've got guys that are capable of hitting shots, which they do. They believe that, and in fact, they do. Mm -hmm. Um, You're looking for quality of shot. How many good shots are you getting? And the fact remains, all along this season, Michigan State has gotten good looks. Mm. Early, they weren't hitting as much the first four games. We're now on a seven-game roll where over 14 halves, they've had one bad half shooting. It was the third day of third game in three days against a very good opponent. Um, so I, I dismiss that one. The fact is, they're on a seven-game role here where they've they've taken their three-point shooting to the point that it's clearly a weapon yeah right so they maybe didn't get quite as many looks i thought penn state might in part because msu was in transition so much yeah um but uh you know good stuff i mean they cashed in you know and even with penn state heating up late in the game msu still made four more threes and only had one more attempt. So big difference. Yeah. Uh, and then control the lane. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought that MSU was okay there. I give Penn State credit. Harrow was, was good, as I mentioned. I thought at times their guards did a I, – I like some of what Penn State ran. That's the thing. Uh, if I feel for different reasons, I feel kind of the same way I did about Ben Johnson watching Micah Shrewsbury's first game against Michigan State. I, they ran some, they ran some good stuff, and they made use of their their the strengths that they have, which primarily is that's not a particularly athletic team, mm-hmm. and it's not a hugely skilled team, but they got guys that are mature, kind of some strong bodies, even if they're not particularly tall. And I thought their guys used their bodies well, and I thought their action was good, at times at least, to generate decent shots. And their guards were part of that. I mentioned Sessoms get two feet in the lane, you know, and, and making use of that. Pickett did that at times too. So, um, But I think you look, at, you look at what Michigan State did in this game, uh, 30 defensive rebounds. They only gave up six offensive rebounds to Penn State. That's really good. 
um, seven blocks for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, Penn State's two-point shooting would have been what, 22 for 43. So not great there. It was just over 50%. That would be the one thing. They maybe didn't do quite as good a job defending inside inside the arc as you would have liked, but um, decent enough. You know, 50%, which is essentially what they shot. They were one shot better than that, yeah. is not a disaster on twos. It's You want to be under 50%. That's your goal. But it wasn't like Penn State made great hay. So they were, Michigan State was okay there. Uh, and then rebounding was the other key. 40 to yeah, 28 total uh, rebounds, it looks like, to Michigan State's advantage. Yeah, of course, the, the number that we, we look at, we try to look at, is um, – rebounding rate mm. and Michigan state in this one at a pretty good rebounding rate. Yeah. Almost 36% on the offensive boards. Meanwhile, um, what was that? So 36 Penn state did nothing on its offensive glass, 17% just under offensive rebounding rate. So excellent job by Michigan state on the defensive boards, which we kind of figured would be the case. Um, and Michigan State did a pretty good job on its offensive class. You know, 36% is nothing to sneeze at. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then turnovers. Look, I have uh, 11 to 7. Yeah, and, and there were four in the first five minutes, I think. So for the last 35 minutes of this game, seven turnovers. Mm. You can live with that. And it was a fast-paced game. It's not like this was a slow walk-it-up contest. You know, Michigan State was able – to make it fast. And, and so you're reasonably happy with that. There were some Mm. weird, just it's the stuff that I know gets people upset because they focus in on the stuff that you look at and think, I don't understand how that could happen. Uh, There was one where Hogard was driving and the ball just flew out of his hands. And I mean, flew, it went into the arc, (laughs) like 15 feet. What, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, there's those moments where you just can't grasp how. But look, 11 turnovers, that's that's not terrible. And so we're now talking about two Big Ten games, and granted, not against high-pressure defenses, you know, not against the best defenses they're going to see, but two games in Big Ten play, they're averaging 12 turnovers. Mm. If they kept that up all year, you can absolutely live with that. Yeah, They're and not it, going to, by the way, but... But you could live with that. But at least it seems now that the, the really egregious stuff has kind of gone away. The, the stepping on the sidelines, the inbound passes that are just weak. And, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's a good – I'm glad you mentioned that because you know where I thought Michigan State was a lot better today, kind of across the board, was post feeds. Yeah. Not, not that they were – not that they did it a ton, but they did it more frequently than we've seen lately – and they were much, much more efficient with it. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, any uh, final thoughts on that one, Rod? It was a good win. Yeah. You know, I mean, you took care of business, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're playing um, two Big Ten games that you look at the schedule, you look at where teams are projected, what you expect from them, and you think, well, these are two you got to have. On the road against a Minnesota team in a total rebuild, at home against a Penn State team also in a rebuild, maybe not quite as drastic. Um, And you say, these are games we ought to win. Mm -hmm. And they did. 
And they won them, you know, both game in this game, they actually had a 21 point lead at, at the peak Minnesota. It was uh 19 and that one, I think maybe the little bit of improvement is that one. You kind of let Minnesota hang around mm-hmm. this game, Penn state. I think the closest they got in the second half was 12 points. Yeah. So you never let it get into single digits. That's, that's a solid, solid effort. What you want to see, you know, and cause I, I think that, for Penn State, if I and I didn't hear Micah Shrewsbury's post game, but other than the transition defense, I would I would look at the way they played and not be entirely dissatisfied. I mean, they are a turnover prone team too. What do they have? Seven? Yeah. They didn't kick the ball around much. Now the ones they did commit seemed to be impactful. Michigan State had some pick sixes in there, but but overall they handled it pretty well. They shot it well inside the arc they did a lot of damage there they weren't able to hit threes but you know that's that's going to happen sometimes they got pounded on the glass but that's going to happen for them unfortunately because of their size and their lack of depth um i I don't think i feel like this was a terrible performance if if i'm micah shrewsbury i don't know maybe he feels differently but um and that's that's i say that because that is, to me, illustrative of how you should feel about it as a Michigan State fan. It's not like Penn State came out here and was just abysmal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They weren't. They, they did some things, and they've got some guys that can, that can make plays. And you, you handled them. And you handled them in, I think, the line that I saw Dave Rebson use right after the game, just before we started recording, was workmanlike. And that's yeah. kind of what it was. This Michigan State just kind of stayed steady. And, yeah, there were, there were ebbs and flows, but they stayed steady with it and just kept building it. It's not like they had one huge push that blew the game open. They just kind of kept building it and stayed steady, never let themselves get out of kilter too much. And you look up and you got a 16-point win and you're 2-0 and in the league and you're going into a big break where you can work on yourself now for a while. Good stuff. Yep. And you got to think this is a good team. The morale's got to be really high because everyone's – chipping in there's no one everyone's on this team playing that you feel like well they're just not playing at all i i think the only the only guy maybe that i could see maybe having some what about me in this might be pierre brooks but you know again he's this is it for him right now mm-hmm. for this season this is his chance and so it's on him and what he can do in practice and developing individually mm-hmm. to kind of work his way into it because i still believe at some point they're going to want to have that card to play they're going to want to have that extra body on the wing and he can be that guy yeah i I think he has the potential to do it but yeah you got you know i just said it a second ago i'll say it point blank this is a good basketball team yeah i don't know where the ceiling is i don't know where it ends up um, we know if, if you follow Michigan State and you try to make that call in the middle of December, that's a fool's errand because <laughs> a lot happens between now and March. It always does. Even last year it did. Mm. Um, but I look at this team and I think, what reason is there to believe that they can't be a team that can push to finish at the top of the standings. I'm not prepared yet to say they could win the league, but I will say after the first round of games in the conference that I've seen, I'm at least allowing myself a glimmer of hope. 
that mm-hmm. perhaps Purdue is not the colossus that I thought that they were. Um, and that's not even just because they lost. It's also their win against Iowa was not dominant by any means. Yeah. Um, so, you know, is that a possibility? I don't know. But I do think this team absolutely can say, hey, we can be in the mix at the top of this conference for sure. Mm-hmm. That's a totally legitimate goal regardless of what you think about Purdue. Because anybody else in this conference, pff, come on. They, Michigan State can play with anybody else. Yeah, yeah. You know, that I'm convinced of. So then, you know, you start thinking about, well, where is, what does that mean for March? And who the hell knows? Because so much goes into that, but, you know, including luck. But I, I feel great about where they're sitting. And I think a lot of that is because of Tyson Walker's play in the last two games. Yeah. It 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 shows you what that dimension can do for this team. It it's so important. Yep. And and I think he really is starting. We are seeing the signs that this guy and it's not one game, it's four games now. And particularly the last two where he's looking to score where you are seeing what Tyson Walker can be, what he can bring to this team in all facets of the game. And that's huge. Okay. Well, we'll uh, end it there and then uh, get a preview up for Oakland here in the next little while here. Until then, the final four is not on the schedule. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.